0: Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chay Chinuch, by G. We are back, as we do every Monday between 2 to 3, where we discuss education, what's happening around the world, what is improving, what can we learn from that, what can we do for ourselves, influence our community, influence ourselves, influence the world, just be better people, And be a good influence and make a change in the world. Today on the show, um, I'm actually so excited about what's happening today that I'm almost going to give up the opening introduction because I have a few very, very special people here in studio. People that actually not only talk about change, have actually created change, have made change, have been in tremendous influence on many people in South Africa, in the community and overseas. Which is uh, different than what we do. Usually, we have uh, professionals here from either from South Africa or from uh, other countries, and now we have both here together in studio. Today, we're going to be discussing uh, trauma from our point of view. What we can do, what we can do as uh, people that are just passing bystanders, and see how we can help ourselves, our family, the world, strangers, anybody by saying, or maybe not saying, what we shouldn't, uh, just being there with the right word at the right time. How did this come to South Africa? So, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't know and doesn't live by Hatzalah. I think we all um, have met them, been there, seen them, uh, and all in the community in South Africa are full of gratitude to the special work that they do here. So, in studio, I have with me Darren Sevitz, who is the general manager of Hatzala, uh one of this incredible team who makes all of this happen for us, together with two very special people that came here from SEAS that are actually, uh, we'll talk about it later on, have created a very unique unit that has, gives trauma support on uh, terrible scenes and incidents throughout the world. Uh, One of them is Dr. Adam um, Bellin, who is uh, one of the uh, leaders of the team, together with a therapist, Rabbi Avi Tannenbaum. And we're going to be discussing from their point of view as professionals what they can teach us as just random people passing in a scene, what we can do, what we can't do. Beforehand, good afternoon, and thank you so much, all of you, for being here. Thank you.
1: Great to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, I'll start with you, Darren. Where's the energy from? Every time I turn around, Hatzala has a new project and something new happening, uh, uh, improving, growing. And we're kind of one of the smaller communities around the world and heading one of the uh, most powerful and amazing Hatzalas around the world. How does that happen?
2: Um, I think the energy comes from the people. Hatzala is now in, in Johannesburg, 20 years old. I think internationally, it's just over 60 years old. Um, My understanding is I wasn't around then. I mean, I was around. I wasn't in Hatsola (laughs) 20 years ago. But what started off as a couple of Jews with an ambulance and a blanket and an oxygen cylinder has grown into the um, really um, fantastic and impressive organization that it is today. And uh, there is. There's just this drive to grow and do more and do more and do more. Um, Obviously, the core of what we do is emergency medical response and I suppose, fortunately or unfortunately, everybody knows that aspect of of us. But there is so much more, whether it's educational. I know this is an educational show. We put out a lot of educational material, whether it's the blue AED boxes in the shoals. People will now notice the red boxes in the shoals, which are called Stop the Bleed. It's uh, got a... a, um, a bunch of materials and the tools to stop traumatic bleeding. I know that's not the kind of trauma we're talking about today, whether uh, it's the medical equipment, whether it's the conventions that we run, there's just so much going on. Uh, to answer your question, the energy comes from the people, um, a board of directors, which is um, involved on a day-to-day basis with uh, tremendous passion and energy, filtering down literally to the tea lady with tremendous passion and energy. Um, Which is fascinating to see everybody
0: so uh, motivated and together on this team It's amazing I have to say that I did walk into the Hatzalah building once before And I actually felt a very warm vibe of everybody friends with everybody Everybody's on the same page And like
2: kind of a very uh, welcoming environment We're involved in mitzvah work it's what we do We're doing holy work And I think the benefits are are direct Because we're involved in, in holy work Because day to day we're literally doing mitzvahs I think uh, Hashem blesses us, and I really mean that. It's not just uh, spin. I really believe that we are blessed because of the incredible work we're doing in the community. Well, it's
0: obvious that you're blessed. That I can see from uh, very clearly from going in. So let's get into the new project that's happening now. That we have uh doctor Adam and therapist Avi, are here in the uh, here in
2: South Africa, actually training a whole unit, a whole new team. Right. So, so the seeds of the project began about a year ago. Um our medical manager uh, uh, by the name of Yuri Singer. Um Yudi if you're listening <laughs> uh Yuri's a great guy. He was in Israel last year. I'm sure and Yudi's busy now saving <laughs> life or something. He's doing something be, g- It could be yeah. Uh, someone passed this on to Yuri. So Yudi was in Israel last year and he met with the guys at uh, United Hatzalah, not Hatsalah, is that right, eh? Hey? And uh, he brought back the concept of this uh, psycho trauma unit, this uh, emotional first aid or psychological first aid um as it's called. Um, and we were very impressed with it, and we, we started uh, discussing internally how we could bring that on board. Um, and then, as you know, we held an international convention last year. I've actually spoken about it on the station as well, where we brought uh, as many as possible of the international Hatzolahs to, to yeah, Johannesburg. I
0: that. which it, was the first, first in the world, I think.
2: First international get-together of get its kind together. in the world, um, where we, again, cemented relationships with, uh, with the Israeli team and discussed further how to bring it uh, to Johannesburg and uh, it's been what six months since then and discussions backwards and forwards um our chairman lance abramson has been very involved in discussions with the head of the unit that's that's miriam that's that's dr adams wife um and it's resulted ultimately in in what we started this week we started yesterday with a full day of training um to bring the psychotrauma trauma unit into johannesburg Um, I'm sure the guys will explain what psychotrauma is. I'm actually getting very anxious already
0: to hear (laughs) that. So let's let's get into the details of the program with them and first just hear what they do, uh, um, Adam and Avi, do in Israel. But I do have to mention one thing, okay? As anxious as I am to hear it, I'm more anxious (laughs) to share one thing. Is that um, way before uh, you're you're describing a year ago that you were thinking of this project, Uh, we came to South Africa about three and a half years ago, me and my family. And very shortly after we were here, uh, my wife and kids were involved in a um, very unpleasant car accident, which, thank God, um, nobody was injured. When I came to the scene, eventually, I saw a whole bunch of Atsala guys sitting around my kids. They gave them teddy bears as a present and calming them down. um, My kids walked away from that accident without trauma uh, to the degree that my three-year-old at the time... When she lost the teddy bear, um, teddy bear already, she asked me if the only way for another one is really a car accident, if there's another <laughs> way to get in that cell teddy bear. So I think you have been doing some kind of uh, trauma work, even unconsciously, but um, which is amazing. But let's go and hear um, Dr. Adam, Dr. Adam Bellin. Okay, so you are uh, one of the, the beginner of the program, of the trauma. Um, How would you get involved? In How would you think of the idea? How would it come to you?
3: For this, I have to give credit to my wife, Miriam Balland. She's the director of our unit in Israel. Um, she's a psychotherapist, and she's also a an emergency responder in Hatzala and an ambulance driver. She actually was in an incident herself where she was uh, hit run over at a pedestrian crossing, was left unconscious on the road in the rain. Uh, I actually got to her among the first people there. We transported her to the hospital, and thank God she came out of it without a scratch, uh, although it was very frightening for us at the time. She decided that it was important to her for her closure that she go back and obviously for Fahkarat Hatov, to thank the people who helped her in those first moments, show gratitude. show, show gratitude, the people from the, from the stores, the neighbors, and the bystanders who helped her. And she was very surprised when she went back that uh, although she came back, she was totally fine, and she, should, she thought this would make them very happy, and they were happy, but she was surprised to see that they were also traumatized. And, uh, some of them were having difficulty sleeping, having flashbacks and nightmares, and were still feeling bad about it, even after she came back to them, and she, you know, they saw that she was totally fine. And this bothered her. And as she started on her career in Hatzola, seeing more and more calls, she also realised that there was an aspect of trauma that we often weren't able to address as we, in our standard Hutzala response. We would go, we would take the patient, we would transport them to the hospital, and sometimes there will leave a family in crisis behind, a partner, children... Uh, and this really bothered her. So she uh, she's not one to take things like this lying down. She decided was, uh, there was a call for action, and she went. So she took
0: the information a lot of us know, and she actually did something and with she it. Took, exactly, which okay. is one of
3: the uh, you know in education in building anything that's one of the most important things to do. She went. And she got permission from the manager, all Ellie Beer and the management team to run with the idea. We started with a pilot group of about uh, 20 mental health professionals, doctors, uh, therapists, psychiatrists, uh, social workers, um, some people from education, counsellors, school counsellors and school principals. And she built that into the pilot group. Two years later, two and a half years later, we're
0: up to 450 responses. Wow. So we'll get to that and we'll get to your position and, and, and obviously Avi, what he does there. We do have to take a short ad break. Uh, just anything you want to ask, you want to add, you have any comments about it, oh, 34519 is the SMS line or 61 is the WhatsApp number. You can send anything you want. Short break and we'll be right back. <laughs> This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Chai Khin, Rabbi G, we are back. So, we are in uh, in the middle of a fascinating interview. I, we just heard Dr. Avi Blaine uh, telling us a bit about the beginning of the uh, uh Psychotrauma Unit in Hatzala Union, or as Darren said before, Hatzala, uh, just to be more ha- accurate. So I've, before we continue on, anything you want to add, 34519 is SMS line. You could always send uh, 61 895 That's the WhatsApp from anywhere in the world. You could call in if you want, 10 or send us an email, on air at HIFM.com. Okay, many ways to communicate. So let's see how we start communicating. Um, so right before the break, uh, uh, Avi Adam, you were sharing, Doctor Adam, you were sharing with us about the concept of how you started the group, who you got together, and then um, I'm sitting in front of one of the lecturers of the organ of the group of the organization, a therapist, um, a therapist Avi Tenenbaum. When did you come into the group?
1: So I was in the original class. I was in that first group that we trained in as responders. I became one of the 20. One of the 20. I became part of the management at some point later on. My role is project developer and clinical director. My job is to raise the professional level of the group and make sure we're doing ethical treatment, proper treatment, uh, checking with the rest of the world what the research says and making sure we're doing the best job that we can to do chesed for the community.
0: Okay. So on and, and day-to-day basis, um, as running the project you're, You say you're also um, are a developer But you also run, the, um, go out to calls on your own You're part of the team And team workers As 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 any other volunteer on, on field
1: Absolutely So I'm also a first responder As an emergency medical technician Aside from that I'm also a psychotrauma unit responder I'm also an instructor If there's a call in my area I will go to that call uh, okay. I'm also one of the dispatchers of the unit And we make sure to get people To every part of Israel basically
0: Okay. So your job begins, I take it, um, both of you, it begins after the scene is over. Pretty much or not really?
3: Sometimes we're even involved from earlier stages in the calls. Uh, We have a a system that we use that we learned actually from uh, helicopter emergency services, which is that all the calls that come into our dispatch center are screened three ways. They're screened by the dispatcher in the call centre. We screen the calls as well. And obviously, if there's a responder in the field who identifies a call that needs the assistance of the psychotrauma unit, he can also contact us through the dispatch centre and have people dispatched, even if it was a call that we didn't expect perhaps they would need that. And then uh, responders are dispatched. We have coverage uh, over nearly entire Israel today. Uh, And... uh, Unfortunately, almost every severe incident we get access to and uh, we often send responders
0: to. Okay, so let's talk about a bit what happens until you come on scene. I know that today in Israel when you call a, um, an ambulance, then the person who takes your call will actually tell you what to do
2: until the ambulance comes. Is it the same way in South Africa or it's different here? Or? Yeah, depending on the nature of the call um, and depending on what's going on with the patient, the dispatcher may advise the caller to whether it's to stop a bleed in a certain way or, God forbid, to perform CPR or to turn the patient in a certain position. Uh, depending on the nature of the call, we would do what we can, sure. Okay, so so let's talk about this period of
0: time before professionals come, okay? We're here in South Africa. Very shortly, we're going to have professionals on the uh, Johannesburg Hatzala team before the people show up, before the, the professionals. You have two, three, four minutes, whatever it is, and you see, unfortunately, a terrible scene what what would be the guidelines you would recommend our listeners to take in action for? Um, let's maybe start with somebody close to you, um, if you see them in in, in trauma, in, in a terrible event or whatever it is.
1: I think if it's a medical okay. emergency, I think the very first thing I would recommend mm-hmm. somebody is to call Hatzarah. I know a lot of times in Israel people are hesitant. They're not sure if they have a question or not that's worthy of getting first responders to come to the house, and then they dilly-dally, they take a long time, and it's unnecessary. It sometimes risks lives. I think Hatzalah is willing to give their entire life and blood in South Africa or Israel or anywhere for the Jewish people, and we should not hesitate if we have a question of a medical emergency. That's, that's the first point. thing. Always
0: make sure to call and to be better be safe than sorry absolutely and very comfortably we're volunteering Darren and his team to say bother them seriously call them whenever you can I met I
1: met Darren's team so far I'm (laughs) so impressed by their level of professionalism I have no question that they're willing to give everything they can for the community well they
0: do Um, okay so okay we called the paramedics paramedics are on the way you know what let's even get to the stage that paramedics are here already okay but trauma team is not here yet what do I do Um, Dr. Adam what do you say
3: one of the most important things, if you look in the first aid textbooks around the world, many of them the first step after identifying that the scene is safe to operate in or if you're already on the scene or you were the one who called is to reassure the, the patient or reassure the bystanders that help is on the way. It doesn't help to tell people be calm, what you need to do is give them reasons to be calm. So you need to reassure them that help is on the way, the best help is on the way possible, and in Johanna de Katsola you can be confident in that. In addition to that, you may want to start building them some sort of support network. For example, if the person injured is a child, you would want to have the, the child's parent or their guardian, or if it's in a school, the teacher, someone who can provide them support, and someone who's familiar to them, because as, as bystanders we may not know the patient. If you do, then you may be the best person.
0: So step one, as you're saying, is a uh, calming them down, telling them? Provide um, reassurance okay, by giving them simple but concrete information that will reassure the them way. that the help is on the way. And step and two, find somebody that they know. Try yes, to get if them, there's someone if you're them not them familiar
3: to. with them yourself is to find someone who they know that may be helpful in providing support. If it's a child, a parent if it's a parent, maybe their child or another family member. If it's in a workplace a co-worker uh, who can provide support because they know this person and they obviously know best how often to con- to communicate with this person.
0: okay so they, so make sure that they're comfortable and they find the person that they're communicating to. okay uh, okay so you step that's step two you try to get somebody uh, to come
1: and then what um, Avi okay so if you're not trained in medicine, and you're waiting for Hatzalah to come, and there's nothing else you can do for the medical side of things. And we've already done reassurance, like Dr. Bowen has said. So I think there's... I don't know if the patient that we're talking about is mobile, if he's able to talk, if he's breathing okay. So it's a bit of a challenging question.
0: Okay, but the people around the patient...
1: I think if the people around the patient are calm, that will improve the condition of the patient himself because they're going to be looking to you as the bystander for assurance. And if you are agitated and you're breathing heavily and you're shaking, that's going to make him more nervous and maybe in a worse condition. So if it's trying to calm ourselves down through controlled breathing, if it's by maybe taking a glass of water and having a seat and just trying to take a minute and think about what's going on, and gather our thoughts I think that's very important Okay We also utilize a model That was developed in Israel It's actually a model That's been adopted By the Ministry of Health in
3: Israel It was developed by A former army psychologist Called Dr. Moshe Farhi, Who's one of our trauma experts Who we often uh, liaise with in Israel And uh, we've had some Very productive training with him Another important thing That he emphasizes Is the need to activate people By giving them important tasks And useful tasks to do For example Something that very often Can help Hatzalah responders Is especially if you live In an apartment complex or it's within a school, the, we talk about very large areas and it's very important that we have someone who can help show us the way into the patient. Medically, it saves time and also it can be a very useful way of giving a bystander something to do that will help him, that helps the patient and helps him to cope with the situation. Often trauma, one of the, the factors that goes into causing trauma is that people feel a sense of helplessness. And when we give pe- when we are, Allow people to help, or when we get uh, get involved in helping ourselves, it gives us a sense of potency, a sense of effectiveness, and that helps keep away those feelings of helplessness that can often cause trauma down the track. So, therefore, we recommend also that any important jobs that need to be done, you can uh, delegate those jobs to people who can do them on your behalf, and it gives it allows you to focus on the patient, and it also gives them a sense of helping out and a feeling of fulfilment and Because they're focused on a task, it reduces their level of helplessness and their level of stress. So, for example, to send someone outside to show the the Hatzala responders how to get in is a very important task. Another important task, for example, if the patient is going
0: to… Before we continue, I just want to hear, in South Africa, is that in reality? Is that safe today? What do you recommend? If if somebody does call Hatzala, do you recommend somebody wait outside, show them in, be there for them or… In, in yeah. uh, just Like today, question, on, a, on a practical <coughs> level, one of the things Dr. Adam was saying is that maybe send one of the bystanders to wait outside for the Hatzala uh, crew to help them in or show them in or to, to be there for them or
2: in uh, yeah, a local area. It's, it, not, it's, uh, it's a very general question. I think each case is
0: specific. It depends unique. where you are um, and yeah, what. Absolutely. Okay. So absolutely. you, you got to be focused on that. Um, okay. Um, just before we continue on, what would be the, the, the boundary between helping and between overhelping? Which means sometimes uh, a person would come and feel like he needs to help something and and, I don't know, and just uh, uh, over talk, over help, move the patient, uh, um, drive him crazy. Or just like, how does a person know um, where to put the boundary, basically?
3: A very simple way that people can know is if the patient is able to talk to you, or if the bystanders, if you're dealing with bystanders, is to ask them what can, and if the person feels that he really needs to help, is to ask them what can I do to help you right now? And instead of putting your ideas onto them, you can ask. Very often, people may want very simple things, but things that are very important to them at that moment. For example, they may want you to call their family and explain to their family what's been going on. If you're not a medical person, you may obviously not be able to explain the medical terms. But if they, say, are going to the hospital, they may ask you, can you just call my my loved one and tell them that I'm going to be going to this hospital, and maybe they could meet me there. Another thing that's often important is if they, if you could pack a little bag, if they know they're going to hospital, they may want to take something with them, for example, pyjamas or a toothbrush and things like that. These are simple things, but it puts the patient's mind at ease because they know this is being taken care of, and it puts your mind at ease because you're doing something that's helpful, simple, and uh, and will make that person's ongoing recovery and stay in hospital smoother and more comfortable for them.
1: Harvey. I think we often forget also that our very presence, attending to the person, being willing and ready to help that person is very assuring by itself. And we're always looking for the right thing to say and we're not sure what to say. Perhaps a tragedy happens. We don't have the right words. And we really need to remember that right now the person is feeling overwhelmed. And just by us standing next to them and just standing with them being present, that's already a sort of way of helping them. Even as a stranger. Even as a stranger, it's incredible. It's really incredible, our which, presence.
0: Okay, which means that theoretically if somebody's driving and they see a car accident, they see something, they see a, a tragedy, and they say, okay, well, I'm not a paramedic, there's not much I can do. I can call Hatzala while I'm still driving. Um, you still say there is an importance for the person to stop the car aside and see and help or, or stay out of it?
1: Absolutely, as long as it's safe and you're able to get out of the car and this is appropriate for you. A person under such distress is grabbing for anything that they can to feel safe, and by you being there, you've already added a different level of safety and assurance that they didn't have before.
2: Darren, what do you say? I just wanted to pick up on something that uh, Adam mentioned. Um, I mean, we we don't have this training yet at all in Johannesburg. Um, A couple of months ago, I was involved in an an emergency call as as a volunteer. Um, A woman had unfortunately attempted to harm herself. Um, I came to the emergency a bit late, so there were about six guys working on her, There wasn't really much for me to do medically There were also more senior medics on scene And and I wasn't needed And I found myself sitting in the kitchen with a husband And I had no clue what to say um, he did ask me to get a cell phone and to help phone the daughter and whatever. And, and I think, you know, in hindsight, I think it was amazing. But having, if I'd had the the, the knowledge and the training to even ask up front or to offer more things or just how to answer certain questions, I think it would have been amazing. So, I mean, we do find ourselves in these situations where we are present and we are trying our very best. But I think this training is going to take us up such a notch and such a level where, where we can actually preempt and and hopefully Prevent uh, so much more trauma that uh, that they will experience. One of the big concerns,
0: um, one of the big concerns that we have many times, is what will happen to the volunteers, which means the people that actually go on scene and help and 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 are exposed to um, very um, tremendous stress and terrible scenes. Um, what is there anything that we as bystanders can support the medical team to help them with what's happening around?
3: It's important to say from the outset that, um, organisational culture and the culture within the responder, with, within which the, the responders operate is very important. And as we've seen here, Johannesburg Hotel has an outstanding op, uh, operational and professional culture within the organisation. That's one of the most protective things that they can provide for the volunteers. And we see it, uh, in the way everyone interacts with each other and it's quite amazing and they deserve a, a big bravo. Along that line as well, as a bystander, something that many Hatsala volunteers and the rest of your emergency volunteers in the community as well, the CSO and all our other organisations, is that often hear, don't hear enough is thank you. And one of the biggest resilience factors you can provide for them is to say thank you, thank you, you guys do amazing work. Uh, what can, you know is if there's anything we can do to help you, and obviously to give them your emotional and communal support, obviously to give them your financial support and any other support they need, and that feeling of behind that the community is behind them galvanizes them. I know in Israel it galvanizes us, and I know here it galvanizes them every morning to get out of bed in the morning to go and save lives, and to get out of bed in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning when it's cold outside to put on their jumpsuit and go out and save lives. So your support, your thanks, and uh, and. Your your unwavering uh, unwavering commitment to them is what gives them a lot a large pr- amount of their resilience and that carries them through. Obviously,
0: from their professional sense, their level of training. Before before you get into the professional sense, there's something I actually feel very uh, strong to add because you're talking in a very nice way that we're not thanking the hatsala and the all, all the professionals um, nice enough. I want to think. I, I sometimes uh, have a feeling that we not only that we don't thank enough is it could be uh, um, I don't know what I don't. Want, you know, I don't want to use any word because sometimes it happens in sensitive scenes. But I was once thinking to myself that probably the sentence that an Hatzalah hears the most around the world, or any helper, or any professional, is not "hello," not "thank you for coming." Not, usually, the main sentence is "What took you so long?" and not always in a nice way. And and I understand because sometimes you're a lot, you're under a lot of stress and you really want the professionals to come, but. The reality is that, you know, it's uh, 6 in the morning and the person is still in the middle of getting his kids out and jumping and and running. And, yes, it took him two and a half minutes and you thought maybe it could have taken two uh, minutes and 25 seconds or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, you're focusing on somebody who dropped everything and came and is actually coming to help you. I actually think that as bystanders, um, any questions of what took you so long, if they really need to be asked, they could be asked two days down the line to a different person or whatever. But leave the, the, the people on field alone in that area.
3: Everyone can rest assured that every Hatzolah member does his utmost within the limits of safety and safe driving and safe operations to get to you as fast as they can. And uh, obviously safety always comes first, your safety and the safety of everyone else on the road. And uh, we've seen uh, also the driving capabilities that they have here in South Africa, and they're among the most advanced in the world. We know that they undergo special driver training, which is also a recent project that we were very impressed by and something we would look to adopt in our unit back in Israel. And uh, you can rest assured that, again, in this area, their performance is outstanding. Uh, the other thing I was going to add earlier about… Uh, about yeah, going to pro- say
0: on the professional level.
3: In a pro- on a professional level, providing the right equipment and right training to your people um, actually gives resilience. In some ways, Hatzola responders are protected from what they see because they come in with a mission, they come in with a clear objective, and they come in with training and with tools to get a job done. So very often, and as, as also as Hatzola responders ourselves, we know that we take an immense amount of resilience from this because we have a mission we are mission focused we go in we treat we transport and uh and that's what gives us our protection obviously we have hard calls uh that touch us from time to time um and it's not always easy to predict which ones those will be another aspect of the psychotrauma unit that i'm sure will be instituted here and that we already have in israel is that we have 24 uh we have 24 7 available uh counselors that if any of our medics ever comes across something that bothers them; they don't feel good about it, or that, or they were deeply affected by something. They know they can call us, and I know myself. I know Rabbi tannenbaum and uh, uh, Miriam, and we have a large team of people available, and we have also internal support and even external support if that's what they would prefer.
0: For anybody that's um, uh, actually providing the help. So before we continue on, anything that anybody of have, you have listeners, if you have what to ask, what to add, what to comment on. Uh, usually I say if you have anything to ask the professionals, but I actually think that so much has been said. Maybe we want to also compliment and comment. Please send it in. 34519 is the SMS line. Oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine. That's the WhatsApp line from anywhere in the world. You could always call in. Oh one zero one four zero three zero two zero or send us an email to unair at com. Anything to, uh, asking Dr. Adam, the therapist, Avi, Darren, who we know has been there for us all the time. Please send it in. A short break. We'll be right back. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. 101.9 High FM, Chay of G. We are back Okay, so we are in, uh, in the middle of a fascinating conversation here with uh, Dr. Adam Bellin, uh, therapist, Rabbi Avi Tenenbaum, and Darren Sevitz, the manager um, of Hatzalah. I, I, I don't know your title. I'm just calling you Darren. I guess that's how we know you here. Whatever you want is fine. <laughs> what, whatever.
2: Darren, Darren you is took fine. a big risk when you said whatever I want is fine, but okay, okay. we'll go with it. Okay. Uh, just
0: uh, before we continue an SMS coming in anonymously, thank you for an ama- for the amazing work. So thank you. I guess that's uh, fair enough. So. Uh, we were discussing a, a bit earlier about this amazing uh, unit that's being put up together here in Johannesburg by Hatzola and being trained right now by um, uh, the doctor <coughs> uh, Adam and therapist Avi that are here to train um, in in the psychotrauma unit. Um, before we go and hear more details about the unit, uh, let's just, just one more question still um, about the previous discussion. When a standby air calls for help and medical help is there and now he's kind of available, then what does he do? Move on, leave the scene, let go, stay for extra help? What do we do then?
1: That's a great question. I would say that there are three simple steps that anybody is capable of doing when we want to support somebody in a difficult time. And we can say that it's broken down to three words. And those words are look, listen, and link. These are words taken from the World Health Organization. Look, listen, and link. And practically what that means is I want to open up my eyes and try to identify any sort of need that I see the patient uh, has. For example, I notice that there are several small children running around the house unattended. And I already identify a a need to bring here some sort of babysitter or the neighbor or somebody that could attend to these children. Or perhaps I notice some pots on the fire, the Shabbos food is burning away, it's Erev Shabbat. And perhaps it would be appropriate to turn off the oven, so I'm looking. Is that, opening, is that not crossing the line, or you use your judgment? I would ask the patient before I touch anything in their house or anything of the sort. But the general idea is, I'm keeping my eyes open to identify any sort of need. That's step one. I I notice that something is necessary here. Perhaps the patient is lying down for a long time, and it's a type of injury, or it's appropriate that he should be sitting up, or p- perhaps he's sitting up and he should be lying down. I identify some sort of need. The second step that I do is I listen, which means that I approach this person again, and I say, what could I do for you right now? How could I be of service to you? Is there any other way that I could be helpful to you? Or maybe I'll ask, would you like to invite your rabbi here to attend to you during this difficult time, or your best friend or your wife? Is there somebody that you want me to be- help you call right now on the phone? And then the last step is link, which is I, I will try to carry out those needs to the best of my ability. We're not always able to provide everything that a person needs. But to the best of our ability, we connect them with those resources that they need. Sometimes we notice a need that there's a deceased person, and this person never had a deceased person in the family. They don't know how to contact the Chedra Kadisha. They don't know how to arrange a funeral. There's all sorts of needs out there in these types of situations, and I try to either guide them because I know this information, or I connect them to the Chedra Kadisha and give them that phone number. Sometimes doing very, very simple things for another person in a time of distress is a big help. We said before that a person who's under trauma and distress is overwhelmed, and any Anytime I reach out to them and I take a little bit of the burden away I make it a little bit less complex and a little bit easier, I've done a big thing for them. Their experience is that much easier.
0: Okay. We do have to take a short break. Just, I just want to add on that. Uh, please, all you do, it's very important with the look uh, and and uh, link and, and listen and everything. Just one thing make sure not to disturb the medical um, group that's working there. Absolutely. Because if, uh, if they're trying to do CPR, but you need to know if to turn off the oven right now, not sure it's the right uh, combination. So just as, as I said, as you said, listen to everything Avi said and add just the, your sense of what's appropriate and not appropriate. Absolutely. We do need to take a short break, and we will be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. We are back for the last part of the show. Um, so, great show is coming to an end. We spoke of just such amazing work about the unit that's coming up. Darren, t- just give us some technical factors about the unit. What? Who's who's involved? Who are the people? What are they being trained for? And what's happening in itself?
2: Okay, so, so once we decided to go ahead with this, we started with a, a recruitment drive. Uh, we put out some recruitment posters on social media, um, Jewish Life, Jewish Report, uh, mass email, and uh, we called for people to to apply for the for the psycho trauma unit. We received, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 90 applications, and we filtered through them and we began an interview process. We formed an interview panel, uh, two of our board members. Um, two of our managers, I mentioned Judy earlier and Uriel Rosen. He's our operations manager, and myself. And we, and we interviewed, and it was very difficult because we are not really in that world. But we got guidance from the from Miriam, I believe, and um, we selected a group of. Ultimately, the group comprises thirty people. Um, Fifteen of them are uh, health, mental health professionals from within the community. And 15 of them are from within Atswala itself, uh, paramedics and medics, which makes sense. If you think of the story I told you earlier, where I was on a call and I didn't know what to do. Right. And, so, if and if you think that it will be medics who are on scene first, then it could be if someone doesn't have anything to do medical on scene, they can, you know, change their hat, so to speak, or right. their vest, which would probably be more appropriate, and then take on a psychotrauma role. So the, the group is, is 30 people. Uh, we began training yesterday, all day Sunday, with uh, these two fantastic gentlemen, and we'll be training for the rest of the week, um, and hopefully we'll all pass the course. I think there's some exciting stuff coming. And then at the end, we're going to train the balance of Hatsola uh, medics and dispatchers in a in a kind of more, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? General um, sense. A, a general course, a basic course, uh, just to give them the basic skills to deal with this. Um and we're working out the logistics of dispatch and how to go out and who will go out and when. And that will work out. And then we'll roll the unit out. And, and hopefully we never go out. But unfortunately, the reality is that there are those calls, calls where we will be needed to go out. It's and comforting
0: uh, to know that they're
2: there. They're there. Yeah. And please, God, it will be a success and it will grow and we'll bring you guys back and we'll train some more. And uh, and it will be fantastic. It's yeah. really exciting. The feedback from yesterday's course. And I must mention, uh, if I may, you're one of those that we selected. Uh, so yeah, well done yeah. for passing. <laughs> you, you saved all the best in me. I and <laughs> uh, so you tell me. I mean, the yeah. course was amazing yesterday. It was, it was fascinating. And, and it was uh, it's a little bit out of our comfort zones. We're not, we're not in the mental health space. And it, it was really impressive. And it was amazing. And we're looking forward to the rest of the week. And we're going to form a fantastic, close unit. And, and it will just be another thing that Hatswala does for the community.
0: Yeah, and Dr. Adam and Avi, let me tell you, knowing Darren and Hatzala here, I think in a very short time you're going to be training in Israel instead of being trained. But uh, we'll see. Just another message coming in. Good afternoon, Rabbi G. Just wanted to say thank you for such a great Hatzalah team we have here in South Africa. Great. Thank okay. you. Okay. Unsigned as well. But… Uh, Thank you. Okay, so we have to uh, wrap up the show as all good shows come and all good things come to an end. Just the last sentence, what have you learned and seen in South Africa? We'll start with Avi.
1: I've seen incredible hospitality. The people here are so kind and so friendly. And if we started the show talking about helping other people, this is the best community where this unit is going to take effect. And they're going to understand the idea of reaching out of their comfort zone to assist other people.
0: Thank you. Dr. Adam.
3: Just echo those thoughts. The community, You have an amazing community here, a hospitable community. Your know, Atzala is on an uh, absolutely world-renowned level, and we we couldn't be happier that this is the first unit outside Israel to take this up, and that should just go from strength to strength.
0: Okay, thank you. And another message coming in. You do wonderful work. Many people, you assist, carry ambulances, service benefits that could legitimately be... Invected following Open Your Services as a means of raising funds, why do you not rather an invoice even, render an invoice even if you propose to waive and access to cover your costs. I'm not sure.
2: Well okay. You no, know, so so they're 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 asking about our financial model. I don't think it's appropriate for this discussion uh, for this show. And job. the show has come to the end. I'm, I'm happy to discuss you can phone me, you know, person if you want to discuss your ideas, but uh, I don't think it's the topic of today's show. Okay. So,
0: uh, sorry, yeah, I didn't uh, really get the message to me, but um, uh, one thing I'll tell you about Hatzalah, um, Darren is very uh, open, and the other members are very open to discuss things, so why don't you call Hatzalah directly and speak to them? And this show has come to an end. 101.9. See you next week, or hear from you next week, Monday, 2 to 3. Thanks.